Did you know you can watch this episode on YouTube? Search for Accounting Influencers Podcast. And remember to like and subscribe to learn even more from the best experts, thought leaders and influencers in the accounting and fintech world. You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. This is your access to world-class accounting leaders, global influencers and thought leaders. Discover what makes accounting firms great and accounting professionals world-class. Sponsored by Dext. Make the businesses you advise more productive, profitable and powerful with better data and insights. It's the Accounting Influencers Podcast with me, Rob Brown, where we bring you the guests from all over the world that have something to say of relevance to the accounting and fintech world. I'm thrilled to have with me today, from the other side of the planet, Richard Francis from Spotlight Reporting. Good day to you, sir. Good day, Rob. Thrilled to be here. Thank you. Um, as we were just saying before we came on here, I'm kind of half in LA because we've just, we've just ended school holidays and, and arrived back in New Zealand where it's uh, winter. So you're enjoying a heat wave, aren't you? Up yours? We're enjoying the heat wave, but we're not enjoying the cricket, Richard. So let's not talk about it. Thank you very much. I, um, being a good Kiwi, I was actually supporting the uh, English team. So <laughs> we like to see Australia lose the cricket. So I was almost as upset by the rain as, as you guys were. Indeed. But actually, for people that haven't come across you, Spotlight now have a footprint in Australia, UK, New Zealand, the US. You're very much a global brand. Tell us what Spotlight do, Richard. Yeah. So we're a suite of um, reporting, forecasting, consolidation tools, uh, and a bunch of humans to help deploy those tools for great outcomes. So really, our mission from day one has been to encourage accountants and CFOs to do useful shit. In fact, that was that was my mission statement back in the day. Very articulate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, very, very, I suppose, antipodean. But my my background will probably give you a bit of a clue to, to where Spotlight came from. So I uh, ended up coming out of university into an accounting firm, somewhat surprised blinking in the surprise of sitting in the in the hessian cubicles alongside my peers and uh really from quite an early part of that career wanted to do the interesting stuff um, and gravitated towards advisory work called consulting back in those days so it's morphed into advisory and when i'd done that for a few years and, and i worked for a Haworth firm that then became a bdo firm down here and, and ran the consulting I really could see a, a gap around the whole reporting, forecasting, consolidation. Everything was desktop. It was clunky. It was hard to work with. And I was, it was kind of a bit of a karmic situation and that Zero launched at the same time. And I knew Rod, I knew Hamish Edwards, who was an accounting buddy of mine, um, co-founder with Rod. And uh, so, you know, to jump on at that really early stage of cloud innovation with Zero, turning accounting, can you believe it, into, um, you know, something beautiful and they opened up the API which was genius and of course we were one of the very first apps um, alongside Unleashed and, and Workflow Max and uh, one or two of those uh, other other kind of early stage entrepreneurs and we were there to fill gaps for um, Xero and and ultimately QuickBooks and, and Sage and uh, you know others as well so so yeah we're kind of the software solution empowering accountants and CFOs to do useful shit for their clients to look like rock stars to have great conversations and, and help people grow businesses free up time 
make profit um, and do all those good things. It sounds great. And it sounds much needed in today's challenging world. We hear this phrase VUCA, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, ambiguity. You're nodding. Our listeners, watchers will be learning those phrases. We've used them a lot on this show. We are in interesting times. And you talk about advisory and consulting. A lot of accountants are still encamped in the compliance uh, bread and butter. This is what we do. This is how we've always made our money. But tools like yours enable accountants to start to be more future focused. And that's surely the way it's got to be going. You know, occasionally us, us software companies and people talking about advisory get accused of being anti-compliance and all of this. And I, I had an internet troll the other day I had to have a bit of a sparring match with on this, um, who was criticizing <laughs> our report. And I basically said, look, there is a tremendous change happening in our profession at the moment. So firms that aren't prepared to change or innovate will get a little bit left behind. It doesn't mean there isn't a lot of bread and butter compliance they can do. And in fact, you know, HMRC, the IRD here, the IRS are great at creating new streams of compliance um, for accountants to, to make money on. So it's not about um, denying kind of our core function, but my vision was always, and, and I'm talking 25 years ago when I first came into the profession, was, you know, I'm sitting there going, we're, we're doing all this stuff that no one really wants to pay for, but, you know, it's like going to the dentist. Why don't we do some stuff that they actually want that can transform their lives? So that mission's driven me both in the profession. I started my own um, accounting practice, where you know for a decade we worked with entrepreneurs and we had high value high engagement high touch um beautiful relationships that um were advisory by nature and and, and what i love is that a number of those clients i had that became very very successful they're actually shareholders in spotlight reporting now so they're they're kind of giving it back and and holding me to account so they show up to my agm and I, I, I laugh because i used to mentor them and, and grill them on all sorts of things and now they show up to my agm and do the same you know, I, I don't think advisory is a scary thing at all. It, um, it suits some firms more than others. We're about empowering the firms that want to do it. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. Um, we're also about helping CFOs with their complex challenge around things like consolidation, multi-currency, elimination, some of those grisly accounting things as well. One of the things that Spotlight are good at, Richard, is shining a light on the future. And you've done this incredible piece of research in conjunction with carbon that we're going to talk about today because there's a lot of good stuff to come out of it. Why do you do stuff like this? Yeah, it's because I think for us, we're always intellectually curious. And what we've found in carbon and, you know, I, I was um, kind of a zero acquisition with Spotlight Work Papers back in the day when Stu McLeod, uh, you know, came into zero as well. I know, I know Ian Vachin from way back. So it just seemed, you know, we're, we're culturally quite aligned and uh, they have a lot of kind of North American firms. We've got a lot of firms in, in New Zealand, Australia, UK. And it just felt like, hey, let's get together. Let's do this survey. We've done one um, a couple of years ago and let's just ask people what they're using, what services excite them. Are they moving their compliance based fees to more of a mix of advisory, et cetera? And I think you can see from that report, which which garnered, I think we had 1200 accountants fill that out from several hundred firms all around the world. So we did it because we were intellectually curious. We wanted to share that with everyone. We wanted to almost prove our hypothesis that there are more accountants wanting to engage in value-added conversations and service lines with their customers, not just do the grind work, not just do the work that they have to do, but the work that they maybe want to do or that their clients might want them to do. And we are seeing that. It's possibly been a little bit slower over the, the 12 years that Spotlight's been around. I suppose I 
I thought accounting firms might scuttle along the disruption curve a little bit faster to doing more hybrid hybrid work. And whether we call it compliance plus advisory consulting, who cares? That, ex that, that stuff where we kind of swim away from the side of the pool a little bit and, and do things that might make us a bit uncomfortable at scale, like cash flow forecasting, like mentoring, like strategy, like KPIs, like visualization. And we're seeing it happen. You can see that with the results from the report. Um, but you can see, you know, to your earlier point, Rob, that it is a time of disruption and there, there are lots of other factors impacting on what firms can do. Um, not only the changing complexity of hiring staff, but just the economic environment we're in. You know, we thought COVID was bad, but, you know, we are, it might not be a capital R recession, but it's certainly a small R recession, I think, for all of us and high interest rates, inflation, et cetera. Um, that's been a once in a generation moment for us, hasn't it? You know, we all, we, we, uh, I look back at some of the mortgage rates that we used to have. and uh... <laughs> They don't know how good they, they had it back then or how good we've got it now. There's a lovely quote from you in this Global Advisory Trends Report with a beautiful picture of you on it, Richard. And we'll put a, a, a link to this in the show notes that says, and I quote, the current convergence between shifting technologies, consumer demand and employee aspiration is providing, providing, but pardon me, providing a tantalizing point at which opportunities are emerging like never before. And it, it does seem like we're at a moment in time that you've captured something here and we are on the verge of some great opportunities. Just tell us what's behind a quote like that. Yeah, golly, it sounds like I'd had a coffee before that, doesn't it? <laughs> it's very profound. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, golly, who's that profound person? <laughs> but what I, what I was getting at really was the aspiration we should feel as accountants. And I know we're we kind of, you know, people roll their eyes at accountants, but who else is in the front lines with businesses all around the world, seeing the whites of their eyes, hearing about their sleepless nights, and and who can make the most profound change if if not us? And what tools or um, uh, educational opportunities, um, changing technologies, can we kind of d deploy to help with us? And and we'll get, we have to be careful about buzzwords and and and. Uh, you know, I remember an organization who I won't name kind of telling me that if I wasn't down with blockchain, I was going to get left behind and all this kind of stuff. I thought, oh, I can probably do without that. But we know that AI is, is has always been here, but is um, kind of emerging as we're expecting our, our tools and our even our internal productivity and processes to be improved by artificial intelligence over time. So I think that's definitely one um, aspect where the more we can get conversant with AI opportunities and share those with our customers. That's really important for our profession. Obviously, even, even taking a step back and just doing a cash flow forecast or a budget with them might seem really simple, but how many accountants have kind of democratized their attitude towards giving all of their customers a budget and a cash flow forecast rather than just a squeaky one or 2%? The way we hire staff uh, has changed. That was partly driven, of course, by COVID, but our staff do want to have work-life balance. They do want to have the option to work from home. On occasion, we have a hybrid operation here at Spotlight. Depending on your role, you're either fully at home or partly in the office. Uh, so, you know, so there's all these different convergences of change that you can either rail against and be that kind of old man shouts at cloud, as some people in our profession are, or you can adopt uh, and evolve um, and, and see it as a time of opportunity. So I'm actually really excited because I, you know, when I came out of university into this conservative profession, uh, was expected to work all hours, have bosses that shouted at me and, and questionable HR practices. 
And really my co career progression was you had to wait for the partner who was older than you to die. Get that, you know, that's all changed and hallelujah. So it's an exciting time. There's a great quote from in Vassin from Carbon, who obviously you did the report with, talking about innovation. And I'll say it in just a moment. We had a Corey Ramsey on our show just yesterday. He is the chair of the American Association of CPAs and SEMA, and he oversees 700,000 accounting professionals worldwide. And I asked him what was top of his agenda, and he said innovation. And, and Ian quotes here, innovation is key. Continual innovation and flexibility are key to sustaining growth and and implement an improvement over time. You must constantly refine, improve, reinvent. And this is not a new message for the accounting profession, but they're not traditionally known for innovating and changing. But you're pretty bullish about the future is there for those who are bold and willing and advisory, particularly for those that are into innovation. And you're pushing that hard, aren't you? Well, advisory is the low-hanging fruit. Um, and, you know, quite rightly, you know, we could be accused of, of pushing that agenda because we've got advisory-based software. Um, but I was, you know, 10, 15 years before I owned Spotlight Reporting, I was in the trenches doing this. You were banging that drum, yes. Well, I am a, I am a, I'm a fellow of the Chartered Accountants of Australia and New Zealand. I've been doing it for a long time. I've run consulting at a big firm. So I, I was a believer long before um, I set up the software company. And the software company came out of a desire to create a disproportionate impact. You know, rather than just have a small coterie of, of great clients here in New Zealand, I wanted to be a provider of um, a tool that empowers accountants globally. And and that's where Spotlight came from. So, you know, why wouldn't we be bullish in this time of opportunity? Um, I've joked about the accounting profession being the, you know, the cockro cockroaches that would survive the nuclear winter, which is, I suppose, relevant with Oppenheimer just coming out in the in the cinemas. But, you know, we we are kind of a constant in everyone's life in terms of whether it's a recession or a, or a boom time. And how we use our relationship with the business owners of the world for good, I think, is really, really important. So we're seeing ESG become much more important. We're seeing, um, and we'll have, have stuff to share on that over time, but we're seeing a growing awareness from our profession that, yeah, innovating our own practices and protocols is great, but we've actually got to take our customers on a journey as well. Uh, and that's, that is being future-focused. Of course, everyone who does forecasting and strategy and mentoring is looking ahead as much as um, backwards. But, you know, this planet that just broke, I read on the weekend, four, four climate-related records in one, you know, in, in one weekend, the hottest day, that you know, the warmest ocean. I, I had to stop reading after a while because I was, I was thinking of, you know, where's the next ship to get to the next habitable planet? Um, we actually have to care about this stuff. We have to be bigger than our own profession. When you've looked at the firms and how progressive they are, you've said 65% of firms identify themselves as progressive, by definition, offering mainly advisory services. And then there's hybrid firms below that. That's Is that a big number in your eyes or is that small or not enough? Just put that into context for us. No, I think that's a huge number. And and look, of course, it's, we're, we're, we're putting labels on our own practices. So there will be those who say, well, you know, there might be some people who are maybe over-egging exactly where they're at. Um, you could argue that because, although we went to a pretty wide gene pool, because a lot of the um, respondents will be kind of carbon users and spotlight, you, you know, they're already buying and using software tools. They must be at least somewhere on the continuum of understanding and wanting to do advisory and, and, and kind of practice innovation. Um, but I actually do think there's a lot of really useful work, a lot of um, innovative minds and, and people doing great advisory work out there. And um, even how compliance is done. So it doesn't have, you know, I'm, I'm 
unconscious there's labels that, that do trigger a few people uh if you're doing compliance in the most effective way using the best tools and the, the most um reactive to the customer need and giving good advice and and you're doing that in a, in a way that's um you know customer driven and very mindful of of how you train and, and educate your staff and using the, the best tool well that's still innovation and and and, and arguably progressiveness but I do feel that the 65% we're talking about are genuinely embracing new service lines um, and wanting to do great work that gets them out of bed in the morning as well. So I was very, I was very self-centered about starting my own firm and doing and 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 proposing and then leading the consulting services at, at, at the firm I first worked in. I had a, a partner in crime partner there who was really keen to do that work too, because I wanted to do useful and interesting work. I wanted to get out of bed in the morning knowing that the work I was going to do that day would potentially transform the outcomes for customers. That's the point. Let me let me dive on that for a moment, Richard. Sorry, but outcomes for customers, because advisories thought of by some as the the management reporting the, the forecasting those kind of forward-looking tools but there is a step beyond that isn't there beyond providing your clients with data and information and them actually acting on it and creating outcomes that's an important distinction absolutely so that's where right from the get-go and i'm talking you know this is early 90s mid 90s when i was um, first doing this consultancy work we quite quickly had on you know it has to be about the action we had action plans we had we did annual strategic planning and we did mentoring sessions so when i ran francis consulting when i left the big firm lived in the uk for a few years traveled around with my wife came back we started our own firm and um, our package was you know yeah sure you get your accounts and tax well that, that's that's just hygiene um but you get monthly mentoring you get a spotlight report so this is kind of the the precursor to our online vision. Um, we'll do a forecast, we'll do a budget, we'll do an annual retreat with you and the stakeholders. That's what you get if you work with us. Um, we didn't realize how before our time that was uh, until, until actually we got approached by a journalist who said, um, Cairns want to, to do a cover story on, on, on out there accountants. And, the only, and you guys were the only ones we could find. So we got on the cover. There's a picture of us um, on the cover of, of Acuity magazine talking about advisory kind of in the, I suppose it was about 2000, 2001. You rebels. Well, yeah, but it's common sense stuff, isn't it? I mean, we we could see the light bulb go off for the clients when we started talking about, it was a, actually a very simple model, uh, Rob. We just used to say, what are your three business goals for your business over here? How about we talk about three financial goals for your family? And what are three personal goals? So things like your time and your stress and your holidays. And, and that was really, that wasn't rocket science. That was just us kind of being human and saying what really matters to you. Because we know your business does. And we've always just talked about that. But let's let's widen the lens. And you can see the light bulb going off for the clients. And they kept coming back and they wanted to pay us more money um, because we were helping them to deliver results um, across those three business financial and personal. I'm interested, Richard, in who's driving advisor. You say back in the day you were you were rock stars and rebels and you were leading the client by the hand to say, look, let us ask you more questions. But we could argue now that the tech is driving advisory and spotlight. You're very innovative with your R&D. The client is driving it. They're asking more from their advisors. Some accountants themselves, these young guns and the new generation coming through that embracing the, the tech. So what do you feel are the key drivers pushing this forward? I, I actually think there's more, um, there's a lot of customer driven activity. So there's always the, and, and some people will go, oh yeah, but no one wants to pay anything more. 
and I don't accept that um, because I mean I, I never found it hard to raise the average fee per client by just asking questions and being an active listener. So if you ask open-ended questions when you're scoping a client, um, they start providing almost the service options that are going to impact most for them. Um, and I think with the, the generational change, I'm a very pragmatic um, ex, you know, you're getting the whys and the millennials that are coming out and they, and they just don't want to pay you top dollar for, for compliance only necessarily. Some of them want lifestyle and they want, they want the stuff now. Um, but I even found that with, you know, the clients we had 10, 15 years ago that they, we were finally asking the questions that they wanted to answer. So that was, that was tip number one. Yeah, the software is really important as well because we didn't have cloud software when I was in practice. I mean, we did towards the end, we used Xero uh, when they came out. We moved all of our customers to Xero within about six months from, from the platform they were on. Um, but now there's a plethora of choice, whether it's in the reporting, forecasting, consolidation space, or, I mean, you can almost name any service line opportunity or any industry, and there's some pretty kick-ass software there that can help empower you. So software is not the whole answer, but it's part of the answer. The customer surge, the education and promotion of, of a wider um, optionality in your service offerings and your interactions with clients that the likes of Zero and, and increasingly Intuit and other, other providers are talking about has also helped educate and inspire accountants, I think. You know, we've all been to those Zero cons that have been... Um, you know, lasers and, and lots of things going on. and Good um, entertainment. Yeah, but it's also, uh, there has been that element where it's inspired people. Well, there's a section on the report, Richard, on fee growth, where it says cash flow forecasting has been overtaken by virtual CFO and advisor work and strategic planning and coaching. And you add to that section, it's a take on the Donald Miller story brand approach of be the guide and not the hero. And there is this sense of accountants are uniquely placed to hold the hands of their clients through murky times and uncertain economic conditions in being that guide, it's not about the accountant. It's not about the trusted advisor so much. It's creating better outcomes, and it's way beyond cash flow forecasting now. Absolutely. So cash flow forecasting is table stakes. Gets you in the game. Well, I've been told off for saying that every every client should have a, a forecast as standard. You know, if they have a business and you don't have a cash, you haven't done a cash flow forecast and a budget for them, you're negligent. So I'll put that out there again. I got told off last time I said it. And are you big on daily bookkeeping as well, Richard, and that kind of closeness to the client and the numbers? I, well, in, in certain circumstances, yes. But I think, you know, the advent of, of the zero and, and those kind of um, tools that anyone can kind of jump in and and it's relatively intuitive, I think, has removed some of the need in some circumstances for that. Um, we didn't actually offer a bookkeeping service. We were much more about the monthly reporting cycle and mentoring cycle. So different strokes for different folks. But yeah, it's table stakes, isn't it? I mean, we should just be doing that as, as accounting professionals. To then guide and advise and set goals, um, I think it's the next natural extension of doing that. Why provide future-focused information if you're not going to help interpret and guide the customer with that data um, and, and set some actions and, and kind of get that virtuous cycle going of, of report, forecast, review, discuss, act, and, and keep that going. And look, my, some of the very best accountants, and we can call them trusted advisors or whatever term you want to have, that I work with and I, you know, I know through Spotlight Reporting are actually, if you met them, you know, you wouldn't call them rock stars. They're, they're in their cardigans, they're quiet, they're conscientious, beautiful people, look like a traditional accountant, but they're actually doing amazing incremental work with their client base. So I think the 
sometimes there's a view of advisors and trusted advisors as being these, you know, they're driving the red convertible into the client car park. And I, I don't think that's anywhere near the truth. I actually think there's a lot of amazing work going on by what we would term traditional accountants. I was chatting to Mark Holton, who you will know, and Smithink, and uh, lovely Yeah, they were, they were early pioneers of all of us as well. Yeah, definitely. Mark was ahead of the game. And uh, he was saying part of the problem with accounting firms is their attitude to technology, not in embracing it, but in the way they buy it. So it, it, it's a gap, let's fill it, but they don't think too strategically about those decisions. You do a lovely... A bit of intel in your report about what's happening on the inside and which software and technology are you looking to implement in 2023 and beyond. And reporting, forecasting was top of the list. Practice management and operation was up there with automation, client management. But it is often purchased with a view to filling a gap and not how does it fit with our clients, with our current staff, with our current stack. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we one of the frustrations we have, and we know you know, customers have this too. Sometimes there's a, you know, there's a qualification process. People choose their preferred flavor, whether it's practice management, reporting, forecasting, and they kind of think job done, tick. We then show up, for example, if they've chosen Spotlight, we show up, we've got a comprehensive, um, you know, kind of education program, training program, trainers in each country. But sometimes getting the bandwidth post the um, purchase is really, really hard because of course accountants and their teams are busy, there's still a little bit of a side-eye view of training and this kind of time away from being on the tools. So I, I feel like there's there's a little bit of a gap between the the promise of what you know an app stack brings to your firm and the actual the actualization. And I'm not trying to put it all on the firms. Um, you know, software companies aren't perfect either. Uh, but we as a profession, we do need to get better at seeing training, education, and partnering with our chosen tools because let's face it if you're if you're a practice management tool or you're the chosen reporting forecasting tool the ability for you to transform a firm is huge but the um you know the flip side of if both parties aren't on the same page with what that implementation journey is like is also you know you can end up with a lot of redundant apps in your practice if you're not careful as well so i think that's where the that the industry is still maturing a little bit um and, and there's opportunity there for firms to really grasp that uh, that training and education piece. Well, it speaks well to how you end the report. As good research does, you've got one eye on what's happening now and the biggest challenges for the next 12 months, the future. And you say, not surprisingly, hiring staff remains the number one challenge facing firms, closely followed by economic impacts and work-life balance. Talent is very much a a challenge for the moment, isn't it? And will be probably for the next few years. Yeah, and look, I, I know, you know, half the people watching this podcast will say, well, it's always been about people and, and, and they're right. With the impact of COVID, the lockdown, the, you know, we've all kind of hired people who have never actually been in an office environment. And we're, I think we're all struggling with, you know, do we get them back in? What does hybrid look like? We, we do have, you know, there's a lot of, Gen X's and, and co kind of running practices and, and things now who are um, maybe seeing a little bit of that you know how do we deal with these millennials and Gen Y's coming through that they, they're, they're a little bit different to us um, with us doing more uh, or well, trying to leverage technology and potentially things like AI a little bit more how do we hire the right people who can help with that whilst recognizing that the human side, the soft skills are still critically important, if not more actually, I'd argue having people who can get out of the office and talk to other people 
and I talked about how we became successful with active listening and open questions. <clears throat> Getting people to do that is is hard, and I think we all recognise that because we want technical geniuses who can knock out you know that consolidation, but can also be incredibly warm, charismatic and human with the customers. Um, so that is a challenge we had. We did have a talent shortage there, didn't we, for a while? I mean, I think it's starting to free up slightly. Um, but just as it's freeing up, you know, we've got high interest rates, inflation and and wage levels are still, you know, high and, and kind of bubbling along. So it's not actually that easy being an employer, is it? It's <laughs> Very few people are having an easy time of it at the moment. But if we look ahead and as we draw this to a close, you remain bullish about the future. You remain optimistic about the opportunities available to accounting professionals to affect the, the business outcomes. What are you most excited about for the next few years, Richard? You know, it's a little bit of a white knuckle ride now, but these things never last. You know, those of us, I can't quite tell down the, the lens of the camera how much gray hair you've got. but I've, <laughs> I've got a few, yes. With a bit of gray hair, we've probably, you know, we've been through the GFC. We've probably been through the 90s recession. You know, the world was going to end on uh, Y2K, wasn't it? So there's been all these different moments that we've got through. We'll get through this one as well. So I think um, we need to continue to be optimistic and invest. In, in our people, our technology, challenge ourselves to be as relevant as possible to not only our existing clients, but the clients that are coming through in this kind of generational shift. Um, and if we do that, then the profession can continue to be really relevant, doing powerful work. And of course, we want to entice people into our profession. And we're not going to do that if we can say, you're going to have as much audit as you can eat, or you'll have as many tax returns as you can plow through um, You know, with all these deadlines. It's going to be enticing people in with our firm has a model of transforming our clients' lives. Do you want to be part of that? And we're going to be a great place for you to work. And you're going to have the best tools. We're going to train and educate you. And you're going to want to roll out of bed in the morning because we're doing consequential work. We're doing, um, dare I say it again, useful shit. If only accounting firms would wrap their employer brand around those messages, that would solve all of the problems in a heartbeat, Richard, because they'd increase headcount, they'd entice the best talent, they'd retain the best talent. They would be growing so they could afford the best tech and make good strategic decisions. What's going to happen to the firms that think they can just carry on doing what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, it's a very resilient profession. So I'm not, I'm certainly not one of those ones who thinks, um, you know, the, the, the compliance houses who do things kind of the old way are necessarily um, going to fall over because I think there's, you know, there's, there's customers and and uh, employees where where that's potentially the right fit, but I think you know over time, drip by drip by drip, you know we're going to see change and and I see it as positive change where we're innovating and and um, evolving as a profession. Our firms are the companies like ours that support firms are, are also evolving. You have to, you can't stand still. We're seeing the pace of change increase in almost all sectors of our lives, and it's. And it's scary and disrupting, but I think our professional has always been quite good at seeing the opportunity and swimming alongside it. And maybe maybe this time we'll even get a bit ahead of the curve. We'll see. And final question, Richard, we haven't mentioned it much, but throughout the report, there is a, a backbone of keeping the client close, client relationships, client management, serving them. What does CX client experience look like for you over the next few years? Because accountants, they're standing in the gap. Yeah, I, look, I, I've said it earlier in, in this in this chat that you know, we are uniquely placed, you know, we're the GP for our customers and and the accountants that, that offer that CX. And, and when I was in practice, we got a number of clients, we didn't really actively market, we got a number of clients from firms around us, uh, ironically, some of whom use Spotlight Reporting and other tools and did advisory. 
but they had never really had that conversation or that level of experience and, and they came looking for that. So I think that's, that is where the human element of what we do, you know, we talk here about um, advisory is human. And I think as much as we can talk about AI and tools uh, like Spotlight, we're a means to an end to get humans together, to have discussions and to, and to help together collaborate on, on great outcomes. Um, and there's a lot of firms that get that. There's quite a few coaches and, and, um, advisors and influencers and, and educators like yourself too who are, are preaching the same mantra that so much of, of life and success whether it's our professional or beyond is about human connection so I, I think more investment hiring well using the tools that can empower you to have conversations it's a recipe for success well it's a great message and a lovely way to end richard francis founder and ceo of spotlight reporting it's been a joy to talk to you today thanks so much for your time and your insights thank you rob You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. Sponsored by Dext. Make the businesses you advise more productive, profitable and powerful with better data and insights. Thank you.